0: Thanks so much for uh, for joining me. Uh, to my right here is Juan Carlos Pagan, who's an amazing typographer, designer, exponentially better looking than I am. So it's, uh, I feel a little bit insecure right now. But uh, you may know uh, his work from Pinterest. He did the Pinterest logo, the, the, the good looking Pinterest logo. Yeah. Uh, also, Siroc, if you guys have uh, ever had Siroc before. So, uh, a little background on the podcast, if that's cool with you at first. Uh, So the podcast, um, I am a 26-year-old designer and photographer. Um, It changes, like, seemingly daily it changes. But uh, I graduated from school. I went to a a school where I didn't really know too much uh, about the design field, and people like Juan, who were working in the big league, so to speak, seemed very far away. Uh, So long story short, I had no way to, no one to talk to. And I used the power of the internet to do some networking and to, to meet some people. Um, and I started uh, a podcast, which is basically like a radio show where we talk to people. Um, and you know, while I was talking to all these people, like you know, uh, some we both kind of shared some of the same mentors, Michael Beirut, and all mm-hmm. these people who I had no business talking to whatsoever. Uh, I realized very quickly that the, my journey as an entry level designer would be harder. Uh, than I thought it would be, you know, as as is the reality for anyone really who graduates from college. So um, I wanted to, I know that if I was so extroverted and so crazy and wanting to talk to people, I knew that uh, it would be really difficult for other people to kind of find their way through the craziness that is, you know, the the design field. So uh, the purpose of this podcast and show and our purpose here tonight is to kind of uh, shed some light on someone like Juan who's a little bit further along, but to show that people kind of have these struggles and to make it a little bit easier for someone like, you know, my cousin Kayla who's sitting here uh, tonight who's, you know, just leaving school or people that are just entering um, and also just to have some fun and kick it and uh, throw back some drinks, so. Yeah. Thank you to Christina over here. Round of applause for Christina and Brian and Michelle and everyone behind the bar. I love the sound view. I love this hotel. I do you know. I would, I would talk about anything T- yeah. Just to come here and hang well, out. This place is beautiful. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Really, really yeah. Pretty, yeah. It's not going to be too design heavy for everyone who's here who's like, no, we. Let's check, not please. Check design. please. Let's not talk about design no. yet. Let's yeah. opt out of that. Yeah. So uh, the purpose is to bridge that gap between entry level creatives and the industry's best to show that people are people. Mm. Uh, I had always admired your work, and then I f- and I found you and all your friends and. Uh, my I, friends are better than. I've stolen all your friends. As you have, fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've all come to my podcast. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, you are also one of the co-founders of Sunday Afternoon. Yep. Um, So let's take it from the top. I don't want to be too verbose here. I'm always very heavy in the editing process, but I want to make sure tonight that I keep it about the guests. So uh, Juan, for people who don't know you, a little bit about your background, the points that you think are the most interesting, and we'll go from there. I have no notes, by the way, don't freak out. But I love you, bro, we'll go, we'll be fine. We're
1: just gonna freestyle this. Yeah, I'm just gonna drink
0: and you're gonna talk, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, uh, like Rob said, I am a designer and typographer by trade. So uh, my undergraduate studies was at Parsons School of Design. I studied communication design with a focus on design, typography, and advertising. Um, So when I graduated, I went directly into a branding and design studio uh, known as, at the time as G2 Branding and Design, they focused on building design systems. Uh, so that was like my first sort of like entry into uh, graphic design. I cut my teeth at G2. I was there for about three years. And then I got poached by MTV to head up uh, a department within MTV called MTV Scratch. And it was kind of like an internal his squad, like a creative group within MTV that just did weird and crazy stuff. And that was a really sort of experimental time where I kind of learned how to build design systems, but also apply them to TV and out of home, and then manage multiple groups of uh, designers. That was really fun. And I did that for about three years until they asked me to head up the design department at DDB. DDB is like an old school advertising agency, uh, agency called, uh, it's DDB short for Doyle Dane Bernbach. They've been around forever. Mad kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school it's Mad on man. the door. Gold and even when you walk in, it smells like yeah. like like stale coffee. Like it. it's like it was really old school, but like I I love that place. Yes, yeah. yeah. So Menno.
0: Uh, kind of like this place, old school and sexy. And, yeah, yeah very... it's super charming. I really do have a lot of heart for
1: that place, and I ended up working for uh, Menno Clone and Matt, uh, Matt Eastwood. Uh, Menno's currently the CCO over at 360i, and Matt is a global uh, chief creative officer of J Walter Thompson. Nice uh, and. <clears throat> I went to DDB primarily to work for those two guys because they're incredible. Uh, and that sort of shifted my career. I really ran a pretty large design group there. And they kind of gave me a carte blanche. They were like, make whatever you want, and it's cool, we'll sell it. Right. Uh, which was a very dream rare... Dream job? Yeah, it was like kind of a dream job. <laughs> they just let me do whatever I want. And during yeah. my time there, I really made some experimental fun work. Yeah. Uh, so that was a tipping point in my career where I really, I was really able to sort of flex a bunch of different... Uh, design, sort of things I've been thinking about for a while in design, and I was able to apply them to uh, real client work that got to see the light of day. Right. Uh, so I was there for about three and a half years. Mena left to Deutsch, and he has another great agency. Another great agency, and he's like, "Hey, whatever you, what you did, I'll at, tell
0: her if he hits a bad job. So far, they've all been great jobs. I've envied so far."
1: Uh, he, he was essentially like, hey, whatever you did at DDB, can you just do it again at Deutsch? So right. I kind of tried to replicate that same system. I brought a lot of the guys that I nurtured over at DDB to Deutsch, continued to build the design team there. I was there for about two years until 72 and Sunny decided to open up their New York office, and they wanted me to head up their design department. Right. I went there, did that for about two years before I started Sunday afternoon uh, with Ahmed, who's currently on his way here.
0: Yes. I met. I met. His flying in right now. Yeah, he's flying in California. His Instagram story was in the cloud somewhere last night. <laughs> he's like, "I'm on the way." I'm like, "That's that's hopeful." Yeah. Right. So that's the, like the
1: full story. You guys just got a truncated version of like yes. the majority of my life in about five
0: minutes. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So you're one of the smartest people that I, I think that I know. I should probably meet, meet more people or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think you should make more friends. So. Yeah. Um, so. You know, you, you got to work at MTV, you got to have uh, work some great things like that. I um, You're kind of like a wizard and really smart, so this may not be the best question for you, but we've done no rehearsals, so we're gonna figure it out. So, uh, you know, like entering as, as, as a designer, I know you went to uh, to Parsons and also Cooper Type, right? Yeah, I, I did my undergraduate studies at Parsons School of Design. Uh, that's where I got my BFA, and I did my graduate studies at Cooper Union. Cool. Yeah. So you're the co-founder, uh, one of the co-founders, of uh, Sunday Afternoon, yeah. along with some other brilliant guys you could mm. work with. Mm. Um, Rich Chu is a really important person in, in us meeting. Uh, Rich Chu, uh, at the time when I met him, he worked at Nike, and now he's the VP of design, ironically enough, at, at MTV. Yeah. Uh, so um, Rich kind of introduced me and kind of, if, if not for meeting you guys, I don't think I would have scaled this as much as I did, because I realized it's like, I wanted people that were real and genuine and welcome me with open arms. And I think like a lot of times in the design field you don't always get that. And a lot of times it's kind of like this wall. And with you guys there was never really a wall. And I knew that that was the case when at your art show after freakishly like checking you out from like the corner, you came out to me and you gave me a big giant bear hug. Mm-hmm. You pro- I think you were kind of wasted at that point. <laughs> and and you gave me a big giant bear hug and you said like listen like you're like your family. Yeah. Welcome to the family like like I, I like love you, bro. And I was like, This is amazing. That's the Pinterest guy. This is like the greatest night of my life. And from then on in, you have delivered on your promise, and you've introduced sure. me to all your friends. So yeah. Thank you, brother. Of course. For, yeah, for, I think. We'll, cheers
1: we'll, into that. Well, well, to
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Um, and here's so the thing. It's like my first beer. Sorry. <laughs> there's
1: a couple of things. Uh, I'm I'm a very happy drunk, so I'll hug nearly anyone.
0: Thanks. Thanks, one I, I do <laughs> uh,
1: But no, I do think there's a there tends to be a bit of a barrier between. Um, uh, young designers and people who are like, like the guard right mm-hmm. uh they, they seem sort of untouchable and i think that's like an odd sort of old school sort of exclusive way of looking at the community i think uh totally the n- younger designers that i'm aware of are way more inclusive they just want to embrace people and uh, uh embrace different personalities that are right. making great work sorry i'm soft spoken i'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> um
0: he's super chill yeah uh,
1: but yeah i think uh the young designers around my age and younger are a lot more inclusive, mm-hmm. and they just want to bring more people into their world and share their work.
0: So why do I think, you think that is? Why, why is that? Because there is definitely like a, a, a gap. Yeah. And you would think like like the further up the elevator you get, the more you want to send it back down. Yeah. But I feel like the people that have like five years on me mm-hmm. are the people that are most eager to send it back down, like yeah. five floors. You know what I mean? To share. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think there's a multitude of reasons. For me, it's a matter of making sure I stay in touch with young designers that are making interesting work. Because that fuels like what I'm making, right? right. Like I, I get inspired by young designers making cool stuff and uh, making podcasts and meeting different people. So I think there's a bit of that. But I also, when you're like like been in a game for a while, like and I'm not going to mention any names, but there's super famous designers in a game who probably get a thousand emails a day. That's that could just be overwhelming, right? right. Like I'm not those guys. Like I'm you know, yeah. I'm not going to mention names, but I'm not those people. Right. Right. So. I think there's a difference too, because some people can get overwhelmed with getting contacted all the time, right. over and over and yeah. over
0: again. Yeah, yeah. I kind of have like empathy for that a little bit at this point, because like, I'm a little bit getting a taste of it, mm-hmm. but I think at the same time though, it's like you know you, you can kind of choose who you get back in touch with. Sort right,
1: of like if you're Massimo Vignelli, rest in peace, like,
0: he must have gotten a thousand emails
1: a day by aspiring young designers who wanted to work with him or just know him. right? So there's a different level there yeah right? like you know rich and shane and i and ahmed we're just like dudes yeah. in a room making weird shit and hopefully like yeah. people like it like it's there's a it's a right. very different
0: yeah level there well, yeah. i mean rich is doing like trl so that's pretty like you know yeah. yeah yeah
1: rich is a, he's amazing yeah.
0: yeah for people that are that are trying to and you know i want this to be for entry-level designers and creatives and that are trying to make it through but one of the biggest things that i've learned is just like There there are people that are that are inundated, right? And it's like like in my mindset, and I think you can attest to this, it's like I really am like shooting for the stars and like dead set on things. It's like I have to work with this guy for this CEO and do this thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not always the hardest thing. But you've had some success working at great agencies and have been able to kind of do that. Like what how do you stand out in a world where everyone has access, everyone can send an email. Yeah. I mean, like, what stands out for you? Because you review people that want... So, Sunday afternoon, Mm. let's give that some context. I should explain what Sunday afternoon is. Sunday afternoon is an
1: artist management and design studio, so it's a bit of a two-headed monster. On one hand, we uh, rep artists, so if you were someone who wanted to have a photo shoot with Jesse Reeser, who's on the roster, you can come reach out to Audrey. Audrey would broker that deal, and Jesse would shoot your Nike-like spot, right? On the other hand, if you have a larger sort of production where you need creative directors, designers, typographers, uh, and uh, a photographer Sunday afternoon we'll take on that entire production. Right. Uh, and we would work primarily with the artists on our roster. So that's kind of how we're structured. We're, we're, we're really interested in collaboration and working with the artists on our roster. So we structured it in a way that uh, any project that comes in, we can share it amongst ourselves like a family, right. and we can all work together and
0: collaborate. Yeah. As much as possible. Yeah. So, so when you have those things, because you guys work with, just to give some context, I mean, like you, you've worked with like all these crazy brands, Pinterest, and all these different. I'm not exactly familiar with the most recent stuff. <laughs> sure, but yeah, some some. We do some stuff for Adidas.
1: Adidas, uh, yeah, Adidas uh, HQ. Like we, we've done some some fun stuff right
0: yeah but we also work with small brands too yeah yeah it's like a 50-50 so when you guys like work with these kind of high-profile brands and like like have these art shows there's a lot of like attention that comes with that Mm. so for people that are trying to get on your radar and trying to get noticed and for people that are trying to break in you kind of review a lot of that work what are some of the things that excite you and say like wow this is incredible I want to work with them I want to represent this person and scale their work yeah. And then some of the things that are just like, ugh, I, I, yeah. I can't stand getting this email, like, every day. Sure.
1: Uh, really good? <laughs> so here's the thing. Repping, representing artists is a really, really difficult thing, right? Like, we might like an artist, uh, but we won't rep them if we don't feel like we can offer them an outlet to create the kind of work that they should and can be making. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole host of variables. Like, there's a lot of checklists that go down to... Uh, why we decide to rep an artist, right? We have to obviously unanimously love their work. They have to have uh, a unique personality and sensibility, right? Like we don't like any overlap from artist to artist on our roster. We want every artist to own just sort of their corner. Yeah, you
0: Uh, You guys do that really well, I think. Right,
1: and we we, we have a small roster because of that. Right. So we're looking for unique personalities and unique point, point of views from art, whether that be typography, photography, Uh, CG, motion, graphic design where we don't want just the middle, right? There's, I feel like it's funny, like creative work is a microcosm of like society where you have 10% that are like exceptional at what they do. You have like the middle which is like the, the majority and then you have like like the, like the weaker pool here. Right. We're looking for the exceptional people that have a very strong point of view, mm-hmm. but we have to match that with the work that we're getting. Right. It can't, it can't, it can't just be this, it needs to be this, right. this. You can't just like it for the sake of being weird. It has to have some sort of like... Context to it, right. and we have to be able to be like, hey, we can match this with like Adidas, or we can match this with um, Quiddity or whatever brand we're working with, we can uh, bring the brands and the artists together. Right. Right. That's Does that awesome. make sense? Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: So I, what we're looking for is a, a point of view, really. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's easy. Any twelve-year-old with the internet access can go on Behance, copy someone else's work with a like a with a with a with a
0: you know uh, with Photoshop. Right. And then they're a graphic designer. Right. Right. That's, right. right. That's yeah, the, like, the, the bar for entry. And I think that's that's what's kind of interesting about, like, this time. Is that, like, it's never been easier to scale your message. Like, for example, like, you know, I started this I, this podcast. I started, like, on my iPhone. And now I've scaled it across over 60 countries. Almost 100,000 downloads in, in the first two years. I mean, that's, like... Out of my iPhone. I mean, I do that like you know, like laying on the couch in the morning. Like it's pretty ridiculous, it's right? Amazing. Like yeah. the cost of entry has never been there's never been easier. Right. But there's also like never been more people to to kind of like like sift through. And I think there's that's been, what
1: makes it like harder for people uh, like myself, because you're sifting through a lot of work to trying to find like the, some, the something. Because the people could special. be in there, you just might not see them. And yeah. often there's like you know, someone's portfolio is like it usually is an interesting like like amalgamation of like their professors and, st- and people that they're influenced by and uh, direction of where their work is going. So someone's portfolio is kind of like an organism that's growing and changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's really hard to, uh, to place like good or bad stamps on it. I, I try not to yeah. do that. It's like, wait, there's a nugget here. And if I'm giving feedback, I'm like, you have something interesting going on over here. You should work on curating that and nurturing that because that seems to be more like you versus like you copying Michael Beirut or right, Stefan Sagmeister or I did Jessica a lot of Hitchin.
0: that. I did a lot of that. I'm sorry. Well, we—I mean, we
1: all, <laughs> a lot of young designers do, and that's fine. I mean, it's right. good to get inspiration, but I think it, you, we stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Like the early stages of my career, I looked up to people like Lance Wyman, and mm-hmm. I would like do try to make my work look like Lance Wyman's work. Right. Uh, but I think when it really started becoming interesting for me was when it turned into my work. It wasn't me doing Lance Wyman, it was me doing JC. Yes. It was like JC doing JC. Yeah. And that's when you really start understanding like your point of view and you start building an epistemology and a methodology.
0: I love your vocabulary. vocabulary. You have the sexiest vocabulary <laughs> I've ever seen. You know, you he just start like building. talks like real like even keeled and then just like throws in a word here and there that's like, I am gonna Google that word. I'm gonna look it up <laughs> afterwards.
1: <laughs> but you start so building I'm a personality to design, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you Yeah, I know, you totally, know totally. Yeah.
0: So you start like understanding yourself and the kind of work you want to make. For sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I learned from, from, from our network of friends, uh, and through you actually, I mm. went, went on to meet uh, Shane Griffin, who's mm. your partner, uh, and I remember, you know it's weird, like, in your journey as an entry level designer, I think we're at two very different places. I would like to, you know, I hope that when I'm at your age and where, where you are kind of thing, or like, you know. Do you think two, I'm old? No. <laughs> How old are you again? No, no one needs to know. Don't say that, don't say that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you look like, you look like, i like, card Tell you. Tell me I'm beautiful. i card you. You are beautiful. No, Put that hair. <laughs> um, you know, it's weird. It's like, I'm, I'm also trying to, because when I first started this podcast, I would just interview the, those people, but I'm now trying to give some context to people that are in the position that I am. I'm just trying to find your way. And for me, you, you think that like, when you leave school, you're hoping that there's going to be these moments of like, of mentorship and of like, you know. You know, this guy I met so and so, when he put me in touch with so and so, and now I work at the biggest agency in the world. And oddly enough, that's actually not where the biggest shifts in my thinking have come. The biggest shifts in my thinking have come, like you know, like I remember I was in a taxi ride home with with Shane Griffin, your partner, one of your partners, this Sunday afternoon, and uh, and I remember him thinking, like, like I was saying to him, like he's like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like. I was like, well, I want to be a designer. He's like, yes, but like, but what do you want to do? Like, like what? What is your dream? Like, what? What do you want to become of this? Like, l- step into that. Live into that. L- like, step into the. Ro- step into Rob Johnson. Stop stepping into everybody else. Like, what do you want in your own like selfish desires and needs? Like, what do you do that and like fully commit to that? Yeah. But I feel like for so many people, it's like it's easy to kind of reference these other. Reference these other points, and kind of just be like, I want to be like that guy a little bit of this guy, a little bit of that guy. But it's almost like the moment you double down on yourself, how do you find? How do you find that? It's so hard to explain. Believing in yourself
1: is a tricky one because I think we all are super insecure, like self-involved, manic, like designers who are constantly questioning ourselves and sort of hate ourselves. In all right, ways, right. But I do think you hate yourself? A little bit. Like we all hate our work a little <laughs> bit, right? Right. Yeah. Like everyone does. If you make something, you love it and you hate it. It's a yeah. weird dynamic you have with the work you make. Uh, and I think that's a healthy. Like, I think that's healthy because that's growth, right? You see something you made. You're like, okay, that was like me at a certain point in my life, and I need to take all the learning from that and move it into this new project. Cool. So I think it's a, it's an evolution. For me, it's always kind of like building. It's, it's like, it's yes, yeah, building is. Arguably the best word to use because it's you're, you're you're building on yourself, you're building on your influences, and you're uh, doubling down on your point of view. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, but I do think those initial influencers are important, right? Like right. I wouldn't be the kind of designer I am had it had it, had it not been for like Lance Wyman and Pablo Medina and right. uh, James Baldabano, everyone who sort of shaped the kind of way I look at forms and shapes in the world yeah. and color, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's important, uh, and then you infuse more and more of yourself into your work. That that's how I do it. It's, yeah,
0: um, yeah. Was there was there a moment because you know you get to work in some some great campaigns that received a lot of notoriety? Mm-hmm. Like for example, like in the design community and maybe within your own communities, like uh, like the Pinterest logo. They just assigned a new typeface to it, and they kind of like corporatized. Mm-hmm. What you had done, which was kind of like very organic and natural. They took a bit of what I did, and then they just merged um, it with noah hospital test. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just took your beautiful like handwritten thing, and mm-hmm. then just like threw mm-hmm. on some other things. To, to, to be fair, I, I kind of knew they were going to do that.
1: Yeah. So like it, it didn't take me by surprise. Like Ben and Evan were very like like honest. When I drew that custom lettering for their logo, they were like, okay, great. It's going to ultimately in five ten years, it's just going to be that P. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's totally fine. It's yeah. Cool. Like they were very, they were very. Uh, long on their brand, meaning they understood that 10, 20 years down, all they're going to really need is a P, similar to the way that all Nike needs is a check mark.
0: Right. right? So I can see that, yeah.
1: Right. So they understood that there are stages to their brand. They needed the full logo type to introduce people to what their brand is, and then they're just going to truncate it down to the P. That's their logo. And the Noya Hasbro test Pinterest that they use currently is just to... Uh, I guess to remind people that it's this, it's the right. P that they it's kept.
0: The so awesome. um, it, it, it didn't bother me like one bit really. Did, I you, was, did, you, did you get a little bit excited when people are mad? When the design community was like rallying for you, were you like, there was, this it's, is it's, my like, moment, every, it, step into the moment. There, there was a kind this of really is my art. funny thing
1: that happens when um, something recognizable changes. Yeah. It's something I think about too, which is like collective ownership. You remember uh, a couple of years ago when uh, Tropicana tried to redo their packaging?
0: Yeah, they're trying to feel and, like a big circular orange
1: rather than that kind of like that normal one, yeah. Yeah, um, and people sort of reacted really negatively, right? And See Instagram's that? another one that kind of comes to mind as well. Sure, originally. and you have people react against it, and I think there's this idea of collective ownership where if you change Tropicana's packaging, you're not just taking away the brand, you're taking away their Sunday mornings a little bit, right? Because that's where yeah. they grew up. Uh, the nostalgia. The, the nostalgia, yeah. right. They're associating all those memories with the packaging. Right. Uh, so. Pinterest, it was sort of the same thing. Like people got introduced to Pinterest or use of those forms. And when you change it it's kind of jarring. There's a collective ownership. Because they kinda like own it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Right. So when
0: you change it, it's it might not be for good or bad. It's just they're uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable for people. It's like if you change the colours of like the NBC peacock, it would be like but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. That's not what I grew up looking
1: at. Right. Right. So that's that's really I, I find that really fascinating. It's funny to be on the other side of that. Yeah. For the, arguably my the first time in my career to see someone take a brand that I worked on and adjust it and see the the, the reaction on the other right. side. Designers went crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, because what I did
0: was Because we love you, that's why thank you. it was really funny <laughs> to watch. Yeah. 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 It
1: was really interesting. Yeah. We-
0: uh, and we're going to open up to questions, so if you guys have questions, start thinking about those questions. Uh, Juan is an expert in everything. I do not. Uh, outside, outside of design, mm. let's talk about that a little bit, switch it up, because because not everyone here is uh, is, a, is a designer or a creative, but I want to keep it open for everyone. Right. So uh, outside of design, I think it's interesting what inspires uh, our work outside of design. I know that you, on sun- uh, on Sundays... Mm. Like to like, I, I'm trying to make this into a show. I can see it now. I can visualize all of it. That's co- I'm gonna call it Pasta Pagan, <laughs> and it's gonna be you making your homemade pasta. I, I make pasta on Sunday. <laughs> yes, yeah. on yeah. Sunday afternoon, ironically enough.
1: Yeah, start Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. We started, uh, me and my girlfriend over here, <laughs> and started Pasta Sunday, a couple years ago when we first started. Still weekend. no invite. He's like, yeah, just come over whenever. We're like, yeah, no, let me just show up. It's called an open invite. You can come over whenever. <laughs>
0: See you yeah. next Sunday. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I, 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 I enjoy these rituals, you know, like I, I latch on to rituals. I, I think that manifests in my work, it manifests in my like personal life. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy sort of these staple things that like ground me to like earth, mm-hmm. you know, and like making pasta with my, like the people that I love are like, it's super nurturing and important to me. Because if not, I would work all the time. Yeah. Like I would not stop working and then, you know, it, my life would suck because right. all I would be is drowning in my work. And pasta Sundays brings me out of one ritual and brings me to another one, which is far more uh, important for like my well-being. Cool. <laughs> right? Yeah, I get, yeah to, for sure. I get to like make pasta with the people I care about and share and we talk and we play cards and we shoot the shit and like... It's it's my favorite day of the week. I look forward
0: to Sundays. Which is odd because most people don't look forward to Sundays. And you have a company called Sunday Afternoon that's amazing, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's why it's called Sunday Afternoon, right? Because Sunday Afternoon is sort of like a state of mind. It
1: is a state of mind. It's like the the projects you work on on Sunday Afternoon are the projects you work on because you love them, not because you have to. I play guitar on Sunday Afternoon. It's a a love
0: thing. It's not a... a, We make guacamole. yeah. Yeah. That's my well, that's my thing. is guacamole. away. Yeah, well, yeah. Justin over here is going to be a new videographer for Pasta Pagans. Just okay. just know that we're going to make that happen. Yeah. We're going to sell Seriously. it. I'm going to monetize you. But this face is making me money. Monetize me. Cool. It's yeah. Fine. yeah. Use <laughs> use whatever you can. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so your partner on Medclink uh, will be joining us yeah. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what is it? What is that relationship like when you guys are kind of like working together? Uh, you guys are all creative powerhouses in your own way. Uh, what is that like when you guys kind of come together, and, and how did you know that like that they were the right people for it, mm. um, and and what is your kind of day to day like in, in that? My day to day is insane. Yeah, like it's crazy, right? Like we're yeah, you we're, respond back with like emojis sometimes. I'm like, oh,
1: poor Juan. <laughs> yeah, my day, my day to <laughs> day-, day is nuts. I'm constantly working all day, and our dynamic is really fluid because. You just, we just respect each other's like uh, specialties and like point of views. That's really what it boils down to is a respect. Like I, I I've always admired Ahmed for mm-hmm. what he does as a director and as a photographer. He's always, hopefully, admired the kind of work that I did, and that's why we decided to come together and work. So he says nice things about Bruno, right? I, I know, that's yeah. good. <laughs> and I think the respecting each other's strengths uh, and playing off of those strengths is what makes Sunday afternoon very special. Uh, sure. Because I couldn't do, we couldn't do. I couldn't do this without him. He could do. Hopefully, he can do it without me. And uh, and when it comes down to anything photographic or like directing, he kind of takes the reins. When it comes down to like sort of big idea campaign thinking and design work, he lets me do work. It. We're it's a, it's a really great relationship in that sense. Right. Yeah. Like we complement each other really, really well. Yeah, you know? So sure. I I I really enjoy working on day to day with him. Yeah. It's nutty. Like we're losing. These are all hair. a little crazy, a little crazy. It's a little nutty,
0: but it's yeah. really good. Cool, yeah. I enjoy it. That's beautiful. And yeah. It's amazing to see you guys kind of come together and uh, do all that. So um, we're gonna open it up, in, in any minute now, to Q and A. So guys, have some questions ready, because we have a small crowd. If you have a Q and A about anything about Pinterest, about how it gets this fade to look so good. We will <laughs> answer, John, John, we'll answer all your wait, questions. Wait, wait, John, John Contino's not here. But no, he's not here. have yelled Cattino. out about my yeah. fade already. It's kind of an interesting story. So, so John, so John and uh, John Contino, who will be here tomorrow night as yeah. the headline speaker, yeah. you guys originally. Uh, We've known each other for ages. Yeah, he yeah. came up to you because you had a fade, and, and we were. we're kind of, <laughs> Yeah. It was like a weird designing party like way back in the day. Like, guys, yeah, it's super pretentious. Like, like, like I can't paint a, a clear enough picture yeah. for you. It's so pretentious. So we're like Juan and John, both yeah. show up to the party like, "Yo, what's up, dude?" Like, like they gravitate toward each other. Well, we're
1: that. both like New York guys, but John yeah. is like real like Long Island, yeah. New York.
0: Try carefully, we are in Long Island. No, no I love it. No, I <laughs> actually I love it. So
1: we like immediately connected yeah. because we're both New York dudes. Yeah. You know, and uh, So he was like where you get your fade. And yeah. we started talking immediately. So yeah. it was at this like weird designer party, but immediately like the two like New York weirdos got together and
0: started chatting. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was like we became like fast friends. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 He's a really We're good adding guy. a new member. Jess is is the, is the new member to the uh, to the crew. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the posse number no, <laughs> Um Yeah. <laughs> she has you do have to get a fade. You have to get one of those like under like, you know, all of a sudden like you flip your hair up and there's like buzz. I, do one of those. I, just to, I just don't want to deal with hair. I just want to keep it as short as humanly. Yeah. I, do. I don't want to deal with hair either. But when you have this big of a head, you have to kind of hide it. So uh, we're gonna open it up. I'm gonna do one one more question. Yeah. Like this has been good. Then we're we'll it up to Q and A. Yeah. Have a okay. couple couple glasses of you know whatever, yeah. whatever you're drinking. Cool. All right. Okay. So as an entry level designer, and I and I want to say while we're here and it's a little more intimate tonight, a little more quiet, I just want to say that uh, this is surreal to be here. Before you guys tonight, um, when I started this, I started this podcast because I just felt lost and had no idea what to do. I sent a crazy email to Debbie Millman, who, was, uh, as Juan knows, it's you know, it's one of those things you're like not supposed to do with somebody who just left school. It's like email like Debbie Millman, be like I'm starting a podcast. Like you have the biggest podcast in design, and I'm starting one too. And I started one, and I just hoped that I would find. I had zero friends, no friends, no one in the design field that I knew at all. I went to Ramapo College, which means jack shit, unless you're from like Mawa, New Jersey. Uh, Sorry for cursing. Uh, But you know, I had none of that and it's just felt so far away mm. and to be here with you tonight and have a poster in my room from john contino who was my favorite illustrator and designer in school i mean I it's like scroll through i be like in like web design class scrolling through his stuff like john's a dude man. one day i'm gonna be yeah he's yeah he's a real. he's in the heat, yeah amazing. um and it's been amazing. And you know, the shirt that I'm wearing right now is, is a collared shirt. You wear a collared shirt too, which makes me feel nice. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. We my whole world Yeah. Over yeah. Space. That's right. yeah, yeah, that's the gangster <laughs> move. This is the New York move. Untucked or tuck? tucked? Tucked. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I am old. Thing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like white and it's like, awkward. And I'm, just, like, I'm like too skinny in the middle. Um, what was I going to say? But, okay, so so like this shirt. So there's a collared shirt. And I remember that this is a very weird meta story, but hang in there. I think it all makes sense. Amen. I haven't really ironed this out yet, but we're gonna find out right here. Uh, so I, I had this shirt and I, I remember hearing when I first left school that designers wear collars and that like, you know, that like that, that's how they dress. So today I was ironing, the, I, was, I was ironing this, believe me, I'm telling you, it all makes sense. I was ironing this shirt today and the smell of the iron reminded me the the new iron, yeah, yeah. We got married and got a nicer iron since then. Uh, but that that smell reminded me of my first day entering New York City in my search for a job, at my first day in an agency, and I remember like ironing the shirt and being like terrified that like it, it all wouldn't work out. And then today I ironed the shirt and it was like I just I, I felt like I was just going to do something good and it's like I've come so far since that moment. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't really been that long. But mm. I'm so grateful for people like, but I just remember like feeling like so lost and helpless and for whatever reason, the iron smell. I went too long with that analogy. But like <laughs> that reminds me of like my humble beginnings, and if not for people like you and for everyone like that who like helped me along the way, like I would not have been able to have this been such an easy journey. So thank you to you and everyone on a Sunday afternoon. You guys have really made me feel like family, so oh, I appreciate
1: nice. you, brother. Listen, it's all good, man. Thank, thank you. you. It's, just, it's about the work for, you know, and the ambition for us. We, we enjoy people that are excited about design. design and iron their shirts. And
0: iron their shirts. Yeah. It's, it's super important to us. Yeah. Do you, so last question, do you have, along that same line, this is where I was getting at, I knew I should iron that out, or like sit in the mirror first, mm. but uh, do you have any advice that you could say to people that are just leaving, they're just ironing their shirt for the first mm-hmm. time, yeah. if they're fir- there you go, I, I made it work that time. They're like just it. ironing their fir- shirt for the first time, going to their first job, they have no idea what to expect, and sure. they're sh- scared shitless. Sure, what like, do you tell that you're you gonna be
1: scared. That's like impossible not to be a little sort of nervous. That's a healthy response. I would just make sure that your work says something about you. It's easy to just be in the middle. It's easy to copy graphic design work and be a graphic designer, All right? I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not gonna excite creative directors. Creative directors have seen all the design work in the world, they skim through Behance, it gets sent portfolios every other day, Mm -hmm. if not multiple times a day, depending on who you are. It's really important to have a point of view because that's what's gonna make you stand out amongst a sea of designers. There's a million graphic designers in the world. But but,
0: real quick though, what if you don't have, but here's my thing, and this is the biggest thing I get asked on. Uh, What if you don't have that? What if you're just leaving school? and like, you know, you shouldn't feel bad for them. Everyone has a point of view. There's no two people. What if you can not show that? You what I mean? like if you're just leaving and you don't have that experience, like how does somebody with no... Okay, so I'll give you a good example. My yeah. intern right now, uh,
1: her entire portfolio seemed very sort of like, okay. Like it was good, quote-unquote, good graphic design work, but she had this one typographic piece that was super experimental where she was playing with uh, thick and thin proportions. Like, she was questioning concepts of good design within typography. Uh, oh, you must and, have loved that. It was so fucking cool, man. It was, and I, it made me sort of question what I, preconceived notions of what I thought was good, quote unquote, good graphic design, right? Right. And that was her point of view coming through in her portfolio. That was one project and I hired her based on that one project. Because that demonstrates to me that she's thinking outside the box and she's willing to bring that into a project. And that's awesome. That to me, that's awesome. That's way more interesting than just doing the safe stuff. Right. The safe stuff is or super boring. Or big bomb. client name, like the
0: big like. I mean, she can
1: She's a client. Right. She's not gonna have like she's a student. She's not gonna have a big client name. She's right. gonna have her work, and her work is gonna speak for her. And that project was, to me, an identifying moment that demonstrated that she thinks outside the box, and she's gonna try to infuse that into some of her design work. Yeah. Right.
0: Do, but do you look for like? But do you look for intent? I feel like that's a, a part of it too. It's, it's it's like like their like their soul or whatever like semantics you want to assign to it kinda of shows through, but like but but she cares. Like like what like what are the like the traits you're looking for? Oh as like personality traits? Yeah, yeah like like separate from yeah. The portfolio. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: I mean obviously you want someone who's eager and interested and thoughtful about the work that they're making. That's that goes without question, right? right? You want someone excited about the work that they're doing. Right. But when you're looking at the portfolio itself, I I always find it interesting to see work that is a little bit weird. I, I like work that's a little weird mm. and is bringing a, a different point of view to something that is fairly straightforward. Like typography, for instance, is something that there's rules to type, right? Right. Uh, and the moment designers are able to take the rules and break them in ways that are interesting, mm. they're thinking in a way that's gonna add to the canon of typography in the future. Right, right, right? like I, like, I can draw I can draw Kazlan for days, and it's not adding to like, the canon of Kazlan. It might, but it's... it's boring, right? Right? I know designers that dedicate their lives to Garamond, they've, they've drawn... That's Garamond. crazy. Right.
0: And that's that's great. I would do Comic Sans, that's what I would do. Cheers, that's great. That's,
1: yeah. like, I'm not shitting on any of that. My point is, I'm not looking for that as a creative director. I want to see something really different. Right. I want to see the new frontier of design, and if a young designer can bring at least a hint of that, right. that's fucking really exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. So yeah. bring the ignorance yeah. and yes. make something sexy.
1: Embrace the fact that you know right. the rules, yeah. and that's
0: okay. That's good. Yeah, that's fine. Cool, yeah. I love it, dude. Mm-hmm. I love you, brother. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. We're, we're gonna open this up to some questions. Thank you again, uh, if you guys have any questions. I know that some people have sent in on Instagram live, I think we have I think we have one, cre- one question. Bam. We have one question. One question and then you guys put other questions on. Right? I'm super Oh popular. Jessica's ready. Okay, good. All, <laughs> All right, from Mike on Instagram we have a question. From Mike on Instagram. Yes. What activities
1: outside of work do you participate in pertaining to
0: design events, meetups, or gallery tours? Oh yeah. Mike will be here tomorrow. Mike's a good dude. Mike um yes, I,
1: Sunday afternoon as an organization throws uh, annual shows. So we throw Uh, We we rent a gallery usually somewhere downtown Manhattan, and we invite all of our artists to participate in these gallery shows So that is something that's super important and it's a pillar of Sunday afternoon Uh, For a whole host of reasons. I think Most of the artists on our roster want to show in galleries and that's an opportunity for them to do that But it's also a better way for creative directors to take in the work versus scrolling through Instagram
0: So that is a big that I do outside yeah. of work? I saw that kind of firsthand because I've right. seen it on Instagram. You see it on the wall, it's like... It's a different relationship kind of you have yeah. with the work,
1: right? Yeah. Like, you can see something on Instagram, double-tap it, and immediately forget about it. But if you see this massive piece that is in front of you, yeah. uh, and it an affects you, and you're thinking about it, it's a very different yeah. dynamic, right? For sure. And so that's that's one thing that is sort of, I guess, related to that question. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Is yeah. there
0: anything else? Is there any other things? Like, what are your thoughts to add to that question, like, what are some of your thoughts? I know like, for entry-level designers and people that are coming in, like, there's the AIGA and there's all these different things, but yeah. like, in getting involved in clubs, I know that you were involved uh, pretty heavily with the Type Directors Club. The Type Directors Club and Art Directors Club. Yeah. Like director's I think it's hugely family. important.
1: Yeah, Especially if you're in a city that has the Art Directors Club or the Type Directors Club or the AIGA. If you're not involved, that's, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Because mm-hmm. that's a quick way to meet people that are going to ultimately change your life. Yeah. I met Michael Deal at the Art Directors Club, who then asked me to work on the Pinterest project, which then ultimately like changed the trajectory of my work. Wow! And that's so like that was just me having a just being a super like involved kid. Like I was just a
0: kid going to the Art Directors Club with like no. Yeah, because you were still in school. We talked about this in the podcast. You were still in school, and then you attended these events. Yeah. And then right as school, because you because. That's the reason why I avoided that, like, how'd you get your first job? Sure, Question. I, was I avoided there, <laughs> well. yeah. I was at the ADC,
1: had a show at the Ardip's Club, and not to plug them too hard, but I was there. Shout and, out, Michael O'Rourke. Yeah, <laughs> I was there, and I met Kurt Heyman. Kurt Heyman, at the time, owned G2. Mm-hmm. We took, he took a liking to me, and he asked me to come in the following week with my portfolio. He was like, oh, man, you seem like a good dude. Uh, you should come by my office in, in a week and show me your work. At the time, to I had I had nothing made. I did not have a portfolio, uh, and I spent the entire following week making a portfolio out of nothing, just so I can go into his office and a lot show of all-nighters him. and stuff like that. I didn't sleep. It was yeah, crazy. it was crazy. And then he was like, "Yeah, when you graduate, you have a job." So damn. That's how my life like changed within a matter of a week, you can say, because I met Kurt. I didn't sleep. I made design work. I showed Kurt. He liked it. And when I graduated, I had a a real graphic design job at a reputable design studio for one of the most important figures in design, yeah. which was incredible.
0: For sure. Yeah. This podcast actually started off of, I've been, I've been to like a staggering, like staggeringly low number of events, but I went to uh, the AIGA Christmas party. Mm-hmm. My wife actually, who's here tonight, uh, Sammy, who's my rock, and I love her to death, but I'm not going to embarrass her. Uh, in front of the list. Yeah, <laughs> just a take you know. Uh She was like, you know, like, maybe you should go, because at the time I was obsessed with Debbie Miller, like, weirdly really obsessed with Debbie Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I was like, I, I don't know. And she's like, well, maybe that Debbie girl will go there. And I went there, and and I knew no one. I had zero friends, and I went to this party, and then I met a couple people. Louie from ABC, who's still a a uh, a dear friend of ours. Yeah. By the way, that expression dear friend, the dear friend, mm-hmm. I got that from you. And if I dropped that on my podcast, I was like, Oh, he's a dear friend of mine. It sounds so good, and I got it from you. You said, Oh, he's a dear friend of mine, I was like, Noted. I say that from now <laughs> I'm gonna say that from now on. Um, mm-hmm. But I met but I met Louie and then I went on to found this podcast based off of that one night. That's incredible. I think I've run like two other AIGA events, but yeah. lots of stuff with the
1: I, I think it's really important to be involved in the community. If you yeah. Every city or town probably has one, and those people do change your life. You don't realize it at the time.
0: Right. Uh, Again, it's those little it's, it's those a, little little moment. moments. Yeah, it's yeah. those small moments that really dictate your trajectory of your career and right. your life. Jessica, you're up. Um, cool. Jessica, right who's speaking tomorrow, by the way. Yeah. Woo! Senior copywriter at VaynerMedia, Media, all around badass chick. <laughs> I also work at G2, R&D.
1: Uh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Oh Yeah? Yeah, yeah, Small world, don't touch it. That's amazing. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm, I'm a copywriter, but I think this question spans vertical. How much would you say the actual agencies you work at influence the work you do versus like you as a creative? Because I feel like I oftentimes feel like, well, if I worked here, then my ideas would win awards. Versus like I
0: think sometimes me personally will use like the actual place you work as an excuse to how your work performs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also know opportunity comes with the name of the place you work but even like a percentage, right? Like well, how sure.
1: much would you say the actual place you work in or all the places you've worked mm. have influenced
0: your style and your ability? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a great question. That's an excellent question. Um, killing I, it, killing yeah. it. No, it's good. Yeah.
1: I think um, the people that I work for have affected my work more than the place itself. I went to work for Meno and Matt at DDB. Because I was a big fan of Menno and Matt, and, they, and Menno has the, one of the largest influences on the way I approach work, the way I make work, and how I sell it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think each. I think people are more important than the place. It's weird. People associate like MTV with like a place, and they associate DDB with a place. But Matt and Mennow to me were DDB, right? And. They weren't, but like to me they were, and they let me do whatever I want, and they changed the way I make work, and how I sell it, and how I interact with clients, and how I manage teams of designers, and feed them good work, and how I encourage them, or make sure that they're pushing their work in different ways. So they affected me more than a place. I don't know if that answers your questions, but people associate DDB with a certain quality of work, and certain style of work, but if you look at my portfolio, I don't necessarily know if it matches the canon of work that DDB has made, it's certainly my work, I think, and it's a reflection of the people that I work for more than a place that I've worked. I don't know if that helps.
0: No, I think that helps. I think that's like kind of a filter run a lot of stuff through like no matter where I'm at. I'm like, is it, do I like this place or
1: do I like the person I'm working for? Yeah. And I think sometimes if you are somewhere where you feel slightly like stagnant, you can be like, well, look at the holistic
0: place and there's someone here you admire that you could learn from. Yeah, I know? think that's more important.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think working for great people is more important than a place. Cool. Yeah, like you know, you work for you, you work for Gary, right? I mean, yeah. there's <laughs> arguably no more, no one more inspiring, oh, yeah. arguably, right? And that's and I mean, yeah, and genuine <laughs> and uh, hard, but also inspiring. All those really great things you want out of a boss. Uh, I think that's more important than the name. The name is for the bird, like this for the birds. Like yeah. work for people don't work for places, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. for people not for places. Yeah, for sure. To uh, use that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to like Yeah. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my cousin Kayla's here tonight. Kayla, do you have a question? Hi. So uh I have two questions. Okay, we'll take as many as you can. So uh
1: but I know a lot of the time like, it takes blood, sweat, and tears to get it done. So sure. what's the process that you go through in order to design something? Yeah, I, it, it's never the same, right? Yeah. It's Sometimes you get an answer and you get to the, the answer quickly and sometimes you're just fighting through. Most of the time you're fighting through, right? It, it rarely comes right away for me at least. It's just kind of hacking away. At, I view it more like sculpting than anything. Like you have an idea and you're just like hacking away at this like, this block until something starts to make sense. So I'm sketching, I'm playing around, I'm editing, I'm messing around until something starts to click or a few things start to click. And as as those different concepts start to make sense, uh, I start like writing along that, right? Because design work doesn't sell itself, it's stories sell design, right? So when I'm presenting to clients, I'm not just like it's not a ta-da moment. It's like right, this is the process in which I went through to. It's not a
0: coat
1: of paint. Sure. Right. This is the process. So I'm, I'm writing concepts as yeah. ideas start to formulate. So like my like it's weird. My brain doesn't turn on until I design. So I have to start making stuff in order for the synapses to take place. So I'm, I'm making stuff and sketching right away, and that will lead to concepts, and then I start writing against those. So
0: I'm sure that you-
1: 98% of everything, I make yeah. is trash. Yeah. It's true, and then, like,
0: it's per- a damn good 2%, though, let me tell you.
1: But the 2% ends up in front of my clients, and hopefully I'm doing my job right, and I can sell it to them, right? Yeah.
0: So would you say that it's a kind of like a, like a state of play and, like, experimenting, or, like... Most of it is, yeah. right? Like, for me, it, my, my brain doesn't, like, turn on until I'm playing
1: and messing around and designing and sketching, and it's really fluid mm. until something clicks, and you're like, all right, this makes sense. I'm gonna write a little something about this, and I'm gonna keep this lineage going. Next one, right. Same process. Next one, right. Same process, and then I have like five or six concepts that I feel comfortable sharing with yeah. my client in a way that I feel like I'm, 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 I'm helping their, their business. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And you have a second yes. part of that, and yeah. And I'm just curious, which one of your works are you most proud of? Like, was it the one that you put the most into? I
0: mean, Kaylee, you're crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. She's gonna, she's gonna crush life when she leaves. I'm yeah.
1: telling you, I'm excited. That's impossible to say. Each project was super important to me, um, for different reasons. Um, some projects got more notoriety than others, but that doesn't make them more important to me. It's weird, it's like trying to like, trying to decide which one of your kids you like most, right? It's, it's impossible. You know, like they're all great, and they all teach me about myself and. I, that's impossible. I think each project has really taught me a lot about the kind of work I want to make and informed the kind of designer I want to be moving forward. And for that, I, I love all the I love, I love in, and love and hate all the work that I make. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to say. I know that's a cop. That's a, that might sound like a cop yeah, out, but that's we'll the truth. Fair, I, I don't know if I do. Some, some I do think Is the, the things. That I would take it out of my book if I like truly despise something, because I think your design, like your portfolio, was as good as your weakest project. So if there's something that I really feel like didn't reflect the kind of work that I wanted to do moving forward, I would take it out of my book. Yeah. So to represent
0: yourself. Yes. With one? Yeah. If you could be remembered by one You're on an island with one project. With <laughs> one. <laughs> Coming back full full.
1: Um, Don't worry. I would say. Oh man, that's a really tough question. I would say it's one of two. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat. Uh, I would say me. I've recently been doing a lot of sort of like experimental sort of optical design work, and I did this like really crazy ampersand recently. That was like just like it made my eyes bleed as I was making. It was really hard. So that. Project. That's be- the and sign
0: for people not in the typography. Yeah, it's the end sign,
1: yeah. Mostly because that, that, that project demonstrates the. the Do you, w- know that? The did will? you know that? The will? Yes. yes, yes yeah. Sorry. thought I was woke. My bad. Like the will. Like that was really. It took me a long time to make that. It's <laughs> really But also maybe like the bat I did with Kevin, the Nike bat I did with Kevin because I really enjoyed collaboration and that was like a weird, fun collaboration. Cool.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Anybody else? Any more questions? Right here. Bam. You too, we got both of them. We're just losing people, I <laughs> so, I don't know things about design, I just love these of events. I think they're really cool, but what I wanted to say is, I know like, artists, musicians, they need inspiration and they'll go to different cities to find that. Do you ever feel like you need to get out and travel a little bit to get inspiration through your work?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's helpful to see other things, right, like I think if you're isolated in one place, you're gonna have a limited sort of perspective and point of view. Uh, but I think for me, it's more important to just sort of lock myself in the studio and make a lot of stuff. I don't, I get inspiration from traveling in different places, but it's, I just have to make a lot of work and lock myself in the studio. Chuck Close has a really great quote, and he says, you know, you know, amateurs wait for inspiration, like, like, like artists just get to work. And I like, that's something I think about pretty regularly. It's just like, get in the studio, start making work, it's going to happen. So that's. That's more or less where my headspace is now. Like, I love seeing new things, and I'm going to keep traveling. And that's going to inform, hopefully, it's going to inform me as an artist and as a person. But uh, just me, just sitting down in the studio making work is arguably more important now for me. Yeah. Perfect. And the back? What would you say to someone coming from in my example, the fine art illustration portion? Starting to delve into the graphic design design idea in a more pen and paper traditional sense of things. Mm-hmm. I would say not to lose the pen and paper stuff. Like let that inform the graphic design stuff because it's I've I've often looked at work where there's illustration work and then there's graphic design. and You can tell that the illustrator is just trying to do his best impression of a graphic designer, uh, and I, that tends to not seem true from a, like a whole portfolio of work. I think you're you can be an illustrator and a fine artist, and you can bring that work into a graphic design space in a natural way. John is going to be here tomorrow. is a good like to me a great example of that where. John's he's with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's an illustrator and designer, and he merges the two in a fluid way. And he hasn't lost that illustration style one bit. It's it defines him, and it's mm-hmm. fucking great. And yeah.
0: everyone tries to rip him off, and they can never do it quite as good as him. Because it's just his like natural kind of like yeah like his natural like fucked up hand. Right. You know what I'm saying like like it's just like this is me. It's and just like, John. It's yeah. John.
1: And people yeah. will try to rip it off. I'm like that's the wannabe John. Right. You know. So just be. Let, let that inform your work, and I think you're gonna enjoy both more. Yeah. You're not gonna have this sort of like clean craft design stuff, but like then you have this other thing that's more illustrative and fun. And they not gonna feel disjointed. Just marry them and let those two speak to each other. That's gonna be. I, I would. That's. That would be my two cents. Yeah. Center.
0: So any other questions? Justin. Bam. Powerful. Dustin Wolf. <laughs>
1: I uh, I really liked your bit on growth uh, and how people uh, evolve through each piece of work that they create. Mm. Do you ever revisit work that you've done before in the past and uh, like murdered it? (laughs) (laughs) Did did you say that last bit?
0: Uh, You know, did it and you liked it that much more afterwards.
1: Yeah, there's there's some projects where I'll revisit and uh, either I'll Uh, Get rid of it entirely because I don't think it reflects the kind of work I want to do anymore, which I think is really important like self editing but some projects I'll just update a little bit and I'll keep it in the mix because it still has a nugget of my personality and my point of view inside of it, yeah. Um, More than often I get rid of it because I think you're always shooting to your portfolio should be the work you want to get five years from now, not the work you've done five years ago. Right. And it's a really tricky thing to kind of manage, but a lot of designers are like, how do I get the, like brand more branding work? I'm like, well, your portfolio should reflect that. No one's gonna ask you to do something you don't have in your portfolio, mm-hmm. right? That's just, a, that's a fact. Yeah. So your
0: your book now should be the kind of work you wanna get moving into five years. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Kind of a north star. For sure. I think like Justin Genac weighed in, a good friend of ours weighed in, and said that like, it's almost like when reviewing portfolios, Everyone's always worried about the, the what's the first thing they're going to open. Yeah. But the biggest thing when doing a portfolio is actually like, you know, like like what you leave in can totally disqualify the entire portfolio. Mm-hmm. So if you have a great portfolio, you did work for Nike, you did all this awesome stuff or you did a, a product you're really excited about, like that's really great. And then you throw in one project you're which is it? like suspect it, it it's like a judgment call on you. It's like it, you, it, it says more about you as a designer almost than like your good pro- project self-editing is the single hardest thing to do but, have, like, your, projects, but, yeah. but your
1: worst project is a you're defined by your worst project not by your best right because your worst project a lot of creative directors like did he really do that or did someone else on the team do that right right but your worst projects like oh he did that like yeah. he did that
0: right, and right it's right. theirs
1: so <laughs> take out the worst right edit i'd rather see three great pieces in a book versus ten
0: yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really important for entry level designers too. It's like, you know, like you got like two or three you're really proud of, put them in there. Just keep those. Yeah. I used to try and go like full on like ad agency. I got like eight or whatever, so it's yeah. really cool. Got Any it. other questions here? I want to make sure we got all the questions. It's beautiful wonderful. Day. Beautiful. Appreciate love. Yeah. Juan, I love you, brother. Yeah,
1: I am just an icon living.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Meet the Creatives. If you enjoyed it, uh, make sure you add me on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY, and let me know your thoughts. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes.